0: We are on Ksubis Nunvavu Manala 56a, about four lines from the top. And the Gemara continues with the discussion of the Mishnah. In the Mishnah, the opening Mishnah of this parak, of this chapter, we had a machlogas, we had a dispute uh, between the First Opinion and Rabbalazir ben Benazaria uh, about when is does the obligation to pay the Tosefis Ksuba, not the uh, main part of the Ksuba, which is the 100 or 200, after the marriage ends, whether the husband dies or whether they get divorced, um, there's an obligation for the husband to pay 100 or 200. That that begins. Everybody agrees that begins at the first stage of marriage, the arisen, when they, uh, in times like Mario, is a year apart. But at that first stage of marriage, when they're not even living together, there's an obligation to pay that, even if uh, the marriage ends before they're fully married. The question became: What about uh, the tosefis kusva? What about the amount that the husband obligates upon himself above and beyond the one hundred or two hundred? When does that begin? Does that begin? Um, oh, right away, at the time of Erisin, at the time of the first stage of marriage. Let's say yeah, the giving of the ring, um, but they're not uh, living together. They're not living in the same house. That's the first opinion. The second opinion of Elizabeth ben which is something that we've discussed in the last from the last class and last week. Uh, he's of the opinion that no, that that obligation only begins once they're fully married, because he has in mind that uh, he only wants to obligate himself. That's the assumption that we're we're taking, uh, that we're assuming that he's um, uh, in his mind. He's only obligating himself once they are fully married. So the Gemara now wants to know who do we follow? Do we follow that first opinion? Do we follow Rabbi ben Azaria, the second opinion, who says that uh, the ob- that added part of the Ksuba, not the base amount, but that added part of the Ksuba, only begins after they're fully married. So the Gemara, it says as follows, Yosef uh, Rav Hanina, Ben uh, was uh, in front of Rav and he said that, we follow the position of Rav Rabbi, Rabbi Azaria. we do follow his position, Amr Uh Rav responds back, Pokari Karech libra in Halachik, Rablazah Ben he uses a little bit of a strong language, and he says, take it outside. Well, you just said you have to take it outside. We cannot even consider this as an option. We do not follow the position of and Bonazari. We follow the Tanakama, who says that this obligation of the additional amount, the Tosefas Ksuba, uh, that which the husband obligates upon himself above and beyond the regular amount, that begins already from the first stage. Again. Uh Zadik Bar Avdimi says that uh, we follow Rabbi Elazar Azaria. Amar um, Rav Nachman um, Amar Shmuel. Shmuel says halachik Rabbi ben Azaria. Also, that we follow Rabbi Zabin Azaria. Rav Nachman today Amar in halachik Rabbi Elazar Azaria. Rav Nachman himself says that we do not follow Rabbi Elazar Azaria. We have uh, many people who take different sides on this issue. Ben Mishmed um, Rav Nachman Amar Azaria. the place of Nahar says in the name of Rav Nachman that we do follow Rabbi Azaria. V'avakav delotr of Nachman, v'amr kol deyane de dain k'rublazar ben Azaria hachin v'hachet Tahavi. V'la'hachli halachin k'rublazar ben Azaria. Interesting. We even in this case we follow Rebblazar ben Azaria, even though Reb said that he will curse anybody who follows Rebblazar ben Azaria, even though he will curse them. Nevertheless, in this case we will follow the position of Rebblazar ben Azaria. V'halach l'maisek Rebblazar ben Azaria. And in the end of the day, we follow the position that we do follow Rebbe Lazar ben Azari. In the end of the day, after the many different opinions, we do follow in the end of the day the position of Rebbe Benazaria. ben that, In the end of the day, that's, that's how we follow. Even though the, the last line was interesting, we don't follow him. Uh, Rav Nachman said that we do not follow him in other cases. In fact, he puts a curse on them. But in this case, we follow the position of Rebelazar Lazar ben Azari. So in the end of the day, with regards to the tussevus ksuba, the additional amount that the husband obligates upon himself, that only exists after they are fully married. That only exists after they're fully married. So the Gemara now uh, will discuss: Well, what does it mean when he said this is? In, this is all in in the husband's mind. When is he obligating himself? Himself. So the question is: At, at what point in time does that start? The next part of the Gemara will try to figure out: Well, when exactly? Does he say, now I'm, now I'm obligating myself to pay the additional amount? When does, when does that begin? So the Gemara says as follows, By Ravan, Ravan asks as follows, mahu. What happens if they have a chuppah? So the first stage of marriage, that already happened. Now let's say that's the giving of the ring. A year later in the times of the Gemara, nowadays it's about five minutes apart, they, they have the chuppah. They base it, there's different definitions for what a chuppah is, but some whether it's a canopy or whether it's yichu that they are secluded uh, or living together in the same house, uh, they have that. But they never had bia. They never had sexual relations. So mahu, uh, chibas kona or chibas bia kona. Which one is it? Uh, when is he obligating himself? Is is he obligating himself once he has that close relationship with his wife? Um, and not from like from a halachic standpoint, that the relationship is that they're married because they have the chuppah, so therefore they're married? Or do we say that that close relationship, that he's obligating himself to pay the additional amount, exists only once they have uh, sexual relations? Which one is it? So the Gemara says, Tashma. The says something, they want to bring a proof from Rav Yosef because he says something which is unclear exactly what he's saying. But he says... That he had in mind, he only wrote the additional amount when there is chibas layla harishon. A close connection, chibas is a close, uh, the language of endearment, close connection on that first night. So what exactly he's referring to on that first night? Why doesn't he just say, when they get married, when they have the chuppah, when they have actual sexual relations, what, what does it mean? So, i am a special man, chuppah, kona, layla harishon. If it's about the fact that they're having the chuppah, so every wedding night there's the chuppah. Um, they have the the canopy, or they have yichud. They they're secluded. Whatever the definition is for chuppah, they have that on the on the wedding night. That's that's what happens. That's what takes place on the wedding night. So that's why it would make sense to say on that first night to be referring to the chuppah. And that would be proof that uh, what obligates him, when he's obligating himself, it begins from the chuppah. From whatever the definition of chuppah is, let's say canopy. The canopy, them uh, uh, being under the, the same roof, uh, which symbolizes the fact that they're now living together. So that, ma- that makes sense. That's the first night. But if it's about specifically about sexual relations, so they could have sexual relations the first night. It's highly uh, um, likely that they did. Uh, but it's not necessary. They, they could have waited a little bit. So why say specifically the first night? It could just, if, if it's about sp- specifics, so then say whenever they have sexual relations. Don't say the first night. It, it, what happens if they had sexual relations the second night or the third night? So it must be that it's referring to specifically the chuppah. And this should be a proof that uh, what, when he's obligating himself, what he meant was not the act of sexual relations, but it meant the chuppah, the actual marriage. So the G'mariah questions this and says, wait a minute, and if you're going to tell me when Rav says that he has in mind the endearment, that language again, that endearment of the first night, a chuppah, a marriage, could take place by daytime also. It doesn't have to take place at night. So if it's really telling us about the chuppah, we can counteract that by saying, wait a minute, who says that that's taking place at night? Maybe that's taking place by day. So the Gemara says back, you're right, but uh, the same thing should be true about sexual relations. That could happen by day or by night. Um, so if it's referring to sexual relations, you have you have the same question, because that's not specifically at night. Now the Gemara does add, and it's an important point, uh, that in general, um, for different reasons, but one of the reasons is, uh, even between a husband and wife, they should have a certain level of sneas um, or really, um, not just modesty, but uh, pri- privacy and um, connection, really connection, that in general we recommend uh, sexual relations taking place at night uh, when things are much calmer and they're able to focus on each other. Uh, but the Gemara does say that it's, it's allowed during the day uh, as provided that it's in a dark room, it's necessary for it to be in a dark room, um, and then it will be allowed during the day. So, in the end, of the day, uh, both the chuppah, the actual marriage with the canopy, that could take place by day or by night, and sexual relations could also take place by day or by night. So, how do we know what it's referring to when Ruvius when says that he obligates himself on that first night? Why specifically at night? So the answer is halakasha orach arakamashulan debia Balaila, el Chuppah, kasha. So they say, if we're talking about sexual relations, so it makes sense that he says night, because that's what's normal. That's, That's what's common. What's commonly done, true, it's allowed during the day. But what's more common is at night. So that's why one can make the argument when he says that first night, he's really referring to sexual relations. Now, we did have that other question that we had a minute ago, that why does it have to be that first night? It should really be any, whenever that first takes place. That could be the second night, the third night from the wedding. It doesn't have to be specifically the first night. But that was a question that we had earlier. But uh, if it's referring to chuppah, if it's referring to the, to the chuppah, the wedding, many weddings take place during the day. It doesn't have to be specifically at night. They could be under the chuppah, the under the canopy, by day also. So the Gemara answer is no. The Gemara answer uh, that the reason by chuppah also the reason why the focus is at night is because the purpose of or I don't know about the purpose but the uh, the common case of a chuppah is to eventually lead to sexual relations, and that generally happens at night, um, and so therefore it's, it's uh, it, it, the the sexual relations happens at night, and so therefore it's normal to have the chuppah which would then lead to bia leads to sexual relations. And so, therefore, that entire process is referred to as nighttime. That entire process is referred to as nighttime. Now, this is a very interesting line of the Gemara. This is something that we've dealt with a few times. Um, there is a big, big dispute amongst the earlier commentators. Maimonides, the Rambam, uh, takes one position in this, and then others uh, argue uh, whether what is exactly chuppah. We know that when it comes to the first stage of marriage, it's very clear how to accomplish that first stage of marriage uh, a year before that first stage of irison. Uh, it's let's say giving of of a ring, of giving of money, um, and the and the mission discusses uh, the, the different ways to fulfill that. Today we we give a ring, and it's been a long standing custom to give a ring. That second part of it is really the completion. It's really not. It's undefined. It's really uh, we we don't have a we don't have a in the gemara itself. It's really not defined uh, what exactly it is. Um, so some take the position what it means is that when uh, she enters the wife enters into the husband's domain, into his rishus, into his home. Um, and that's, uh, that's why uh, he walks down first by the canopy so that this is um, his canopy, and then she enters into his home. Uh, that, is, uh, that is one position, that she's entering into his home. Uh, the other position is the position of the Rambam, Ammanides, who says that the idea of the chuppah is that we have to create a situation which allows for them to have sexual relations. So according to the Rambam, the chuppah is really the yichud. It's really when they are alone. They are. They have a locked door. They're alone. Um, and many, uh, in many weddings, uh, there are. Uh, they, they don't have to have sex relations. It's not necessary for them to have sex relations. But it's a situation where they have the ability to have that. Um, and so, that in many situations, many weddings. Excuse me. Um, we need witnesses for their opinions. Not all. Not all opinions, but there are opinions that say that we need witnesses for this. Uh, second part of the of the marriage, of the, the chuppah part um, So it wouldn't just be that We don't just need witnesses at the time of the chuppah uh, But you'd also need witnesses according to the Rambam At the time of when they are secluded So they're not inside the room They wouldn't be secluded if they're inside the room But they're outside the room making sure that the room is locked um, And that's the position of the Rambam The Rambam says that the, the purpose of chuppah Is for them to have the ability They don't have to have it But they have to have the ability have sexual relations uh, and so that would sort of impact whether you hold like the Rambam whether you hold like the other opinions um, that would impact this line of the Gemara this line of the Gemara says that uh, the, the purpose of Chuppah or a, a, a regular Chuppah is one which would lead to sexual relations is that definitional or is that uh, just practical practically that's the norm uh, so that's a very important line with regards to that dispute let's just read a few more lines here by Ravashi has the following question: What happens? So I apologize. Just even before we get to this question of Ravashi, just one more one more note is that we were what are we dealing with here? Just to take a step back, the bigger question is: We're Ben Azaria, his opinion. We follow his position. He says. That the husband obligates himself With regards to the 100, 200 That begins from uh, The first part of marriage From the irisim Once he gives uh, his wife uh, A ring Even if they're not living together uh, But with regards to the tusefas, The additional amount That he obligates himself Once they're married So we're, we asked Is it once they get married Or is it once they have Sexual relations um, And it seems to be That the conclusion is Once he's married It's not about the sexual relations But it's once he's married Once they have the chuppah Um it's just important to note uh, that there, there there's a discussion, what happens if, let's say, they have sexual relations, which is not allowed, uh, while they are engaged. So during that year of engagement, again, today it's five minutes apart, but during that year of engagement, during the times of the Gemara, let's say they have sexual relations, which is really not allowed, but uh, they do it anyways. Uh, so then would he ob- be obligated to pay the Tosephus at that point in time, meaning... The question is, is it only the, the halachic wedding, which he then obligates himself to say he'll pay the extra, or is it not just that, but in addition to that, if they just have sexual relations even before the wedding, um, after the engagement, but before the wedding, so then he would also obligate himself. That That is a discussion amongst the, uh, the later commentators. Now let's return back to Ravashi. Ravashi asks as follows. Let's say it's the actual chuppah. The actual chuppah. So when he obligates himself, when he has the actual chuppah, when they actually are halachically married, let's say they're not allowed to have sexual relations. What would be a case where they're not allowed to have sexual relations? One case would be, let's say, if she is in Nida. She had her period, um, so they're not allowed to have sexual relations, and it's the wedding day. So when he obligates himself, is he obligating himself specifically uh, of a wedding where there's the ability to have sexual relations later? Uh, meaning, when she's not, uh, uh, when she she didn't have her period and she's not in nida, or do we say that no? Um, a, a, but if but if she were to be in nida, if she were to have her period, uh, and therefore they cannot have sexual relations, he would not obligate himself until there is that opportunity to have sexual relations when they're fully married with the chuppah. Um, or do we say that no? It doesn't really make a difference. It's not, it's not about whether they could have sexual relations; they cannot have sexual relations Anytime that there's a halachic wedding. That's when he's obligating himself, and it has nothing to do with uh, having sexual relations. So the Gemara leaves this question as a teku. it's unanswered. This is an unanswered question. At the end of the day, the Gemara doesn't know uh, when the husband is obligating himself to pay this extra amount when they when they're closer together, when they have this close relationship. What does it mean to have this close relationship? Is it uh, whenever they get married, halachic marriage, when they complete that, that that second part of the of the marriage with the chuppah, or is it maybe it's only specifically a chuppah where they're able to have sexual relations. That's what the Gemara says. Again, we mentioned the Rambam. The position of the Rambam is that the definition of chuppah is when they are secluded, where they have the ability to have sexual relations. According to the Rambam, they have to have that ability to have sexual relations. Uh, so there are those that want to say that the question of the Gemara here is not just about what is the husband thinking when he's when he's obligating himself to pay the additional amount at what stage is this taking place, where along in the process is taking place. It's not just about what is he thinking, but it's really a halachic question of what completes the wedding itself, not just about what he's thinking, but objectively. It's not subjectively what the husband's thinking, but objectively, according to the Rambam, this is how someone wants to explain this Gemara, according to the Rambam, uh, there's an objective question here, halachically speaking, what defines a chuppah? Is, does a chuppah have to be a chuppah where there has to be the ability to have sexual relations, which is the position of the Rambam, Maimonides, or that, no, it doesn't have to have the ability to have sexual relations. That a chuppah alone, a canopy, being under a canopy, has nothing to do with uh, the ability to have sexual relations. Uh, that alone would create a a marriage. Um, and so that's how the Rambam might understand this gemara, according to some. Uh, and so then, therefore, this would be a very important gemara with regards to the question of, What exactly creates the completion of the wedding? Is it just being under the chuppah, under the canopy, uh, which signifies that they're living together under the same roof? Um, Or according to the Rambam, the definition is really um, more about the fact that it gives the potential, it's yichud, that they have to be secluded with the ability to have sexual relations. If she's in nida, uh, if she had her period and they can't have sexual relations, that wouldn't complete the marriage to its fullest uh, level. Okay. So that's an important Gemara with regard to that issue, and we'll continue with this Gemara and Vav, towards the bottom of the Vav, 56a, in the next class.